What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your host, Brooks Wallman, for the Wizards News Podcast on the Sports Pulse Network. Today I have with me another Wizards reporter, another beat reporter for the team, Troy Halliburton. Troy, say what's up to the people and uh, and let your, tell your credentials to the people as well. All right, what's going on, people? Uh, yeah, as uh, Brooks just stated, my name is uh, Troy Halliburton. I'm the host of the Locked On Wizards Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Um, I've been covering the Wizards uh, for five seasons now, and uh, I, I like to consider myself to be the, one of the uh, lesser depressing uh, Wizards uh, provocateurs. <laughs> um, first question I want to ask you about is just your general thoughts on these calls that uh, the Wizards had with Tommy Shepard, Dr. McKenna, uh, Scott Brooks, coach, head coach for the Wizards, and Bradley Bill. Yeah, so I think that uh, first I, I would like to commend the uh, Wizards PR for the transparency that they've provided by having these uh, Zoom meetings. And so I know that um, not, not a lot of the NBA teams are doing this. So uh, the fact that the Wizards are being as transparent as they are is a, is a, is a great plus for the media. But uh, for Tommy Shepard and Dr. Medina's uh press conference or a Zoom press conference. I thought that it was important for uh, Dr. Medina to kind of uh, be able to go into very uh, 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 lengthy detail about, um, you know, just, just the protocols and the process of, you know, uh, not only uh, the, the, the team trying to prevent the players from getting the COVID and protecting the players and the coaching staff, but also uh, the, the, the aspect of, you know, the fact that they've been off playing basketball since March. And so that these these professional athletes have to, you know, kind of get their bodies back geared up uh, for uh, uh, playing at such a high level. So I thought that Dr. Medina did an excellent job of, you know, kind of explaining uh, that process and, and and how they're, you know, protecting the players, but also how they're, they're ramping up their workouts in, a, in, in an attempt to get the athletes' bodies ready so that they don't go down there and, and, and get hurt and, and, and you know, and, and fall apart at, at the seams. But um, I think that the Tommy Shepard, he really kind of uh, broke down, like, the, the logistics of, uh, you know, how, how it's been, how they've been keeping up with the players and, and uh, you know, uh, I'm talking about the 35, uh, the list of 35 people who are going to go down to Orlando uh, in the bubble. And, uh, you know, he talked about some uh, transactional things. He talked about Davis Bertans, who, uh, you know, opted out. But it, it seems like to me that, uh, you know, that, that, that Tommy Shepard and Bertans and his uh, agent uh, group, they, they were all working in concert with this. So it wasn't like uh, Bertans just, you know, popped up and told them he wasn't going. And, you know, that was a surprise to the organization. I think that everybody within the organization was on the same accord with uh, – you know, there being a little bit of a risk with him going down there. And so uh, I, I think that Tommy Shepard, like, he, he just, he's just an overall great people person. And it's just a vast difference between uh, uh, what he's doing right now and the past regime. And, 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 and like I said, the, the one word that I would use is transparency. So, you know, Tommy Shepard is just very much about everything that's going on, whereas during the Ernie Grunfeld regime, I mean, they were just making all types of deals in the middle of the night contract extensions for him and other people. It, 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 was, just, it was just a lot. But uh, 
I felt like Scott Brooks, when he talked, he really kind of uh, delved into uh, 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 some of the developmental aspects of some of the younger guys. So he specifically went out of his way to mention guys like uh, Troy Brown and Rui Hachimura and Jerome Robinson. And, and uh, you know, th those are going to be the guys that I think that this will be the most important for them to go down there in Orlando and be able to, to work on their games and develop some more. Um, and then finally, with uh, with Bradley Bill, I think you know, it, 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 the biggest thing that everybody took away from that is the fact that you know he said that he's still undecided on whether he's going to go to Orlando or not. And so I, I think that he will eventually uh, go to Orlando because I think that he has uh, 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 incentive to do so because of the fact that uh, the, the the NBA the voters are going to be voting for, you know, MVP and all NBA and all of these season long awards, but there's still eight regular season games left. And so Bradley Bill has an opportunity to go there and solidify his case as an all NBA player. And so once he, uh, if he is to go down there and be voted all NBA, that would uh, trigger him being eligible for a super max contract. So, I mean, he has lots of millions of reasons to, to, to want to go down there and, and, and try to uh, uh, play play his best. Sure. I'm sorry, I, I went over uh, everything all at once, but <laughs> that, 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 that's my impression of the Wizards' uh, Zoom calls for the week so far. For sure. Um, that's one of the funny things that you mentioned, too, was the fact that, um, you know, the difference between Tommy Shepard and, and Ernie Grunfield, um, you know, and I feel like there is a lot of change that Tommy Shepard can bring. And, uh, you know, one of the other things that he mentioned was the fact that, you know, they're still trying to figure out, or they, they know what this, what's going to happen with John Wall, um, him not coming on the campus, but he has been working out. He has been uh, incrementally getting better. Unfortunately, he lost a lot of the basketball progress that he made. But, you know, what I want to ask you is, do you think it would have been important for him to be there in support of his teammates, or do you think it's better for him to just focus on the rehab, continue to get physically better, mentally better, all that good stuff? I think that uh, with 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 so much of the uncertainty about the, the safety of uh, what's going on in Orlando and uh, what will be going on inside the bubble, I don't think that anybody who doesn't have a role uh, should be going to Orlando. So if you, if you, everybody who is in Orlando for, so each team has 35 slots for people that they can take with them. And that alone makes it like each, each space that of, of a team, each, each uh, slot that uh, a team uh, uses needs to be somebody who's going to be providing something. And, you know, John Wall, while is good for team morale, I mean, he's not he's not a trainer. He's not going to be, you know, on the sideline. He's not going to be, you know, uh, 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 working guys out. Like, he's not – like, it's, it, he just doesn't have a purpose there. And so, I think for for, for the sake of the safety of John Wall and, and, and just for the logistical purposes of, you know, only having 35 spots, I just don't – I just don't think it made sense for him to be down there. Fair enough. Um you know, and one of the things that, you know, you or you, just, you didn't actually mention it, but um, the fact that, you know, Davis Bertans is going to be gone. We're going to need Bradley Bill to be there. But we also added another piece with Jerry and Grant, um, you know, someone who 
is in the G League system, kind of like another 3 and D guy. What do you expect his contributions to be for this team this season, the eight games that he gets to play in and, and potentially, potentially beyond? Well, I, that, that's, a, that's a bit of a, a, a tricky question because I, I honestly don't know what his role will be initially. Um, I know that the Wizards are dead set on trying to chase that eighth uh, playoff seed. So if they can, uh, they're, they're five and a half games back of the Brooklyn Nets right now, but they only have to finish within four to force a play-in game. So they're really only a, a game and a half back. Right. Playing. Right. So I think that if they go down there and they're getting closer as the eight games progress and they're getting closer to fighting for that, that eight seed, I don't really see Jerry and Grant having that much of a role. I think he's there for like kind of insurance purposes. But if the team is not going to be in contention for that eight seed, let's say they go down there and they lose their first three games and one of those games is to the Nets. You know, they, they play the Nets, I think, the second game. Yes, Let's is. say they start doing that. Then I think that uh, Jerry and Grant will probably get a lot more playing time just to kind of see, like, in a developmental stage, like, just so the Wizards can kind of see, you know, what they have with him playing on that level. But, but I mean, they he's been within the organization playing for the Capital City Go-Go for the entirety of the season. I went to a couple of Go-Go games this year, and you can clearly see that he's an NBA player. Like, it's not like... Oh, this is a guy who, you know, uh, they, they sent him down to the G League and, and you know, he can't play. Like, now he busted people up in the G League. So, like, he needs to play. So, I think that, you know, if they – he's in stretch purposes for the fact that, you know, they're, they're only going to – they really only have uh, Ish Smith and Jazz Napier as the only two point guards on the roster. And uh, I believe uh, Ish was kind of dealing with some injuries before – uh, before, but when the season uh, uh, was 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 postponed, and so I'm not sure what his health status may be, but I think that Jerry Grant, first and foremost, is an insurance policy for the point guard position. Sure, um, and and you mentioned it before. Worst case scenario, you know, Wizards losing two games, the first two games. Um, do you think this is a a better opportunity to just develop, you know, guys that you mentioned before, like Rui Hachimura? Uh, Troy Troy Brown, um, you know, and any of these other young guys that this Wizards team has that they're trying to figure out, you know, the long-term goals that they have. Yeah, I think that, I mean, it's a perfect opportunity for the Wizards. They're blessed to be, you know, uh, that they were the 22nd team, you know, to, to, to make it down into the bubble. And so when you look at the fact that, you know, teams haven't played since March and they won't play from March until July, that time period is actually longer than a normal NBA offseason. And so when you start to look at guys like Troy Brown, Jerome Robinson, Rui Hashimura, I mean, hell, even Thomas Bryant's still only 22 years old. But like they still, they, uh, Mo Wagner, Isak Banga, uh, they have a lot of guys who are uh, um, tw 22, uh, 22 years of age or younger, and guys that who, really need this development. They need to get out there and play uh, against good competition, working on their skills. So, I mean, if, if you come out and see Rui Hashimura, you know, with a little bit more lift on the shot, uh, I think that that would be uh, that would be something that the Wizards would definitely uh, be looking to try to try to not, not force him to do, but encourage him to, you know, kind of get out there, taking more threes, and just, and just 
you know, kind of developing and growing to the player that he'll eventually be. And you mentioned it before, how Scott Brooks went out of his way. Just talk about how important the development was of these of those four guys. Um, and sometimes he's been ridiculed. You know, he's supposed to be a developmental coach. He's been criticized for not, um, you know, putting Troy Brown more in. Uh, guys in the previous in the previous regimes or previous teams not getting the development that they needed um, was the fact that he praised those guys. Important. How important was that? I should say that praise. Yeah, so I think that, I mean, he he has gotten some fair criticism, uh, even some from me, about, you know, the way that he didn't develop some of the uh, younger players from uh, when he first got here. So guys like Thomas Sadoreski and Kelly Oubre, who really oh didn't uh, – yeah, those two those are two players that didn't reach their full potential. And though the fact that those players didn't reach their full potential – actually really hurt the, 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 the Wizards' development and uh, uh, as far as the franchise is concerned. And you go back and you look at, uh, you know, that, that 2017 series against the Boston Celtics, you know, Oubre and Sadoransky weren't even playing in that, in, that, in that series, like, essentially. Like, Oubre was benched that he did. Kelly's yeah, most and so... Go ahead. No, go ahead. no, no, like, I was going to say, so, I mean, that, that right there... I think that he has kind of – I think Scott Brooks has learned uh, from his uh, past transgressions. And so he's kind of um, he's kind of making it a point of emphasis to make sure that, you know, he's walking these younger guys along and making sure that they are developing so that they can help the franchise. Yeah, and um, just like Kelly Oubre in general, you know, the most – crazy uh situation or the like the most memorable thing he did at that time was the fact that you know he pushed um what's his name Kelly Olenek for the hard screen you know and you would expect him to have bigger moments you know just the way that he plays the energy that he brings um you know just this past season he played pretty well for the Suns he had a career had to nine points at one point um I don't I don't think he's gonna come back he has a meniscus there in his, in his right knee I think but, you know, is it a fair indictment to, to be criticizing? I mean, you already kind of spoke about it, but is it a fair indictment to, you know, say Scott Brooks isn't doing the job of developing the guys like, like we thought he would be? You know, that's what he got hired from after getting fired from OKC. And, you know, we were, we were thinking he could get Kevin Durant. That didn't happen. But one of the main things was the fact that he could develop coaches or, excuse me, players. And he's kind of been so-so with it, you know? Yeah, well, first of all, Kevin Durant was never coming to D.C. I don't know what anybody, like, I, I, like, I don't know what anybody was ever thinking. And people within, within the, if people within the Wizards organization thought that they had a chance to get Kevin Durant, then, I mean, the, that, that was just delusion because he was never coming home. Very true. Um, but, uh, but back to Scott Brooks, though, I think that, a part of this is the fact that he has to he had to kind of look at the flaws and how he evaluates players or some of the some of the things that you know he might be uh uh I don't know attracted to with with, with some of his players so like he's a former point guard and uh he's a a, a point guard who's uh, small in stature so he's a guy who likes point guards who are small in stature so we, whereas we had Thomas Sadoransky, 
sitting on the bench for, you know, uh, three seasons, but they'd have brought in every small point guard off the waiver wire in the world, from Trey Burke to uh, Brandon Jennings to uh, – uh, 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 Yeah, Isaiah Thomas, um, Ty Lawson. Like, yeah, they brought, they brought in every dude uh, – Tim Frazier. They brought in every small point guard in the world to come in and, and, and back up John Wall because that's what Scott Brooks uh, was looking for because, you know, I guess he's looking for a player that reminds him of himself. But, you know, Thomas Sadoransky was sitting right there. And I think that uh, the relationship that uh, Sadoransky and Brooks had, um, I think that it was icy enough that I think that it, it was probably the biggest reason why Thomas Sadoransky wanted to get out of uh, Washington last year. That's fair enough. Um Man, this is crazy. I mean, one of, one of the other things that we brought up before was the fact that, uh, you know, Bradley Bill is, is still undecided. Bradley Bill is still trying to figure out what exactly to do. Um, he's He's been a leader off the court as far as his protest goes and, and leading that uh, that team-wide statement. Um, what were your sentiments? What were you feeling as as, as I was happening? And I also believe that you were at – uh, that you were in Chinatown and you were at Capital One when this happened. Um, what was just the feeling at that time that you had, and how? How? What were your reactions? Yeah. So my reaction, um, you know, I thought that it was a great thing that the players uh, tried to organize and put together, and I was really impressed with uh, uh, Bradley Bill and Natasha Cloud, who. Uh, first of all, I just want to say that it's great that, that, that the Wizards and Mystics players have the support of the organization to be able to, you know, kind of find their voices in their own activism. And it, it, it's great because a lot of people, like, talk about things that they want to do and talk about trying to make change. But it's one thing to talk the talk, but it's another thing to actually walk the walk. And so I feel like um, they are kind of leading the way as far as what, um, you know, teams uh, in the NBA can do as far as, uh, you know, promoting social justice. And I know that, you know, Kyrie Irving came out and said that, you know, we need to settle down because, you know, uh, 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 playing basketball would be a distraction. But I, I think that – I don't think that that's the case. I think that the Wizards prove that you can do both. And so – and if you're really about your work, there's nothing that's going to stop you from, from, from promoting uh, social justice reform. For sure, and I think that's a sentiment that Bradley Bill had too, in just uh, being able to continue to like you were saying. Let's just, let's not just be about statements. Let's be about action. Let's be about things that we can change. Um, is that something that you agree with? I think that the NBA can play and they can do what they have to do and be actionable or be make actionable happen. Um, or is it just truly a distraction, like Kyrie Kyrie believes? I don't believe it's a distraction at all. I think that any time that you have um, – uh, when, when sports comes back, like, people are going to have their eyes and their attention are going to be on these games. And so what that means is that these players and these and, and the people that are down there in Orlando, they have an opportunity with these eyes on them to, to talk about whatever it is they want to talk about or bring attention to whatever it is that they want to bring attention to. So, you know, I, I see uh, guys like LeBron James. You know, he's already uh, putting together uh, a, a, a voting uh, campaign 
where he's where he's uh trying to get out the awareness for people to get out and do the early voting process and and and, and that's like because we're in a year where we have a presidential election and because we realize that you know it's one thing uh to you know to have you know signs in the street black lives matter performative politics and and, and you know uh, putting on street signs and stuff but the real change is going to come from legislation and the only way that you can change legislation is by voting in the right people and the only way that you can do that is is to to make sure that every election is fair that you know we don't have voter suppression and uh and and that, you know that people's votes actually matter and so i think that lebron uh, he's he's already beginning to kind of take up that cause, and so just imagine how much more attention that he'll be able to bring to that when he's down in Orlando and he's talking about it uh, after one of the one, after one of their games. Like this, this is an opportunity that I don't think that, that that a lot of people realize the the power that comes from these athletes and the visibility that they have. And when when a guy like LeBron James speaks, people listen. Sure. Um, I think that's that's a great point that you made. People do listen when, for better or for worse, when when um, rich people or yeah, when celebrities, when rich people, athletes uh, like the NBA players listen. And um, it was just, it's it's one thing that I saw recently, just about WNBA players, um, women athletes in general. They're always at the at the forefront, and their work tends to get overlooked because you know that small group of male athletes. Do speak out a whole lot, you know. Uh, Maya Moore is, is a great example. You know, people don't people didn't know about until recently. Her trying to um, get that man from Mississippi freed. He, she was able to do it yesterday, but you know, these get overshadowed. Shadowed. Is that something that you agree with? That our women athletes don't get enough credit for the things that they do. They that they do do. Yeah, I mean, man, Maya. First of all, shout out to Maya Moore because I mean, she like I I think she's one of those people where she actually walks the walk. So like I hate to keep going back to the Kyrie thing, but <laughs> it's just like Kyrie where it was reported that he said that he's willing to he's willing to put it all on the line for for uh, what he believes in. It's just like okay, that's it's good to say. But Maya Moore really did put it all on the line. She really did give up her career. She's a, a MVP, a, a champion. She gave it all up to to to, to help fight for a, a, a case, and she actually got the guy out of jail. Guys were serving 20 years in jail for a crime he didn't commit, and she and she uh, was one of the main uh, advocates who helped uh, and, and get his release. So I mean that that type of work right there is. I mean, it, it, that, that, that's so fulfilling. It gives way more uh, life joy and way more importance than playing a basketball game. And so, you know, I think that uh, Natasha Cloud, with her opting out of uh, going down to uh, uh, Florida to play with the WNBA restart, I think that she, you know, she really is about that life. Like, she is a when, – when, when, when she talks about social justice reform, like she's the real deal, and so Bill is still finding himself with, uh, you know, with, with his social justice reform. But he cares, and he's a guy who's not like, oh, I, I, uh, you know, uh, am saying just a couple things on Twitter because it's the cool thing to do right now. Like, no, this is a guy who's actually well read, well versed on these topics, and so anytime that he uh, can use his platform 
to bring attention to some of these issues, I think that, you know, this is invaluable for the community. And um, just to clarify, the man who's, who, who got freed yesterday is Jonathan Irons, Irons from uh, out of the Cole County Courthouse or Cole County, uh, I'm sorry, he was in prison at the Jefferson City Correctional Center and he was freed yesterday. Um, once again, shout out to Maya Moore, shout out to Natasha Cloud, shout out to Renee Montgomery from Atlanta. Um, you know, they're, they're doing God's work, and they're doing the, the correct thing. Like you said, um, these these women, they deserve a whole lot more praise than they're, they're truly getting right now. Um, you know, when Bradley Bill, he's, he's starting to get into his, into his, uh, his groove with this whole thing, starting to just really understand what the whole issue is and making his voice be heard. Um, do athletes and do celebrities have a role in supplying knowledge or just speaking out against these things? Do you think it's a performative thing or do you think they truly care about these issues? No, I think I don't think that they have a role. I think that if it's on your heart, I think you should speak about it. And if if you don't, if you don't have the knowledge, and if it's not on your heart, then don't fake the funk. Like don't like, and I and I don't feel like that athletes should be forced to care about every issue. If you don't care about an issue, then don't you don't have to care. You don't have to speak on it. Like, but if you do care, make sure that you're well read and well versed on the subject so that you can speak intelligently on it. So you know, I, I don't want I don't want athletes to just be going out here saying stuff without doing the research or saying stuff because it's cool to you know uh, to to be a social justice warrior on Twitter nowadays. Like, I, I, if you care, then then care. If you don't care, then you know let sit, sit on the sidelines and let the people who are actually doing the work let them go to work. For sure, and I think Dave Chappelle mentioned in this comedy comedy special or. Comedy special slash like a big ranting session, um, just mentioning how uh, he was criticized by Don Lemon from CNN about not speaking out, and he said, you know, it's not just up to him, you know, because there are people that have been doing the work, and people don't need to be hearing from them, hearing from the people that have been doing the groundwork and laying the foundation for years. Um, it's more important to listen to people like that, and that's something that I can totally agree on, um, and I think that. We can't be relying on just the rich. We can't be relying on athletes. We can't be relying on anybody to create change because it starts with us and it starts with us being the hero in our own story. Um, your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I think that, I mean, it, that started with us. We all have to be accountable for the world that we, that, that we live in. And I think that it, it's important that, that we as a society listen to the the things that are going on so like you know you and i are are sitting here as two african-american men and we can talk about our experiences all day but at the same time like we don't really have control over you know the things that are going on in the world we i can't like just stop police reform i can't start police reform like i can't change the law i can't do any of these things so we need the people who are empowered to actually listen to uh, you know the things that are being said, and you know hopefully with that comes uh, I don't know just the, just the opportunity to to grow and the opportunity to actually enact real change. Yeah, beautifully well said. Yeah. Um, before I let you go, man, is there anything else that you want the want the listeners to know about yourself or about just the Wizards in general, or um, you know just a general thing that you 
what you want to say? Yeah, no, uh, I think that, um, man, I, I've been on a little bit of a break myself, uh, you know, trying to, trying to, trying to get, trying to, trying to keep my head above water, just like everybody else during this, uh, during this whole pandemic period. But now that the season is getting ready to get back started up, uh, we're in the month of July and games will be at the end of the month. I'm going to be ramping up my coverage. So I just want, you know, the people to be on the lookout for, for all that stuff. All right, so once again, the Twitter handle is Troy Halliburton, H-A-L-I-U-R-T-O-N, correct? B-U-R. Yep, yep, that's it, that's it. Great, man. So, yeah, yeah you can find me on Twitter. Uh, yeah, just uh, yeah, yeah, give me a follow. Uh, I, I, I am pretty much uh, uh, engaging with everybody on Twitter, but make sure you uh, talk to me nice, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, we got all the time in the world right now, so we will clap back. So once again, man, Troy. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, All right, man. Thank, hey, thanks for having me on, though, man. For real, this is this is this was good. I had fun. Yeah, man. No problem. Uh, thank you for taking time out to speak with me. Uh, we were speaking before about just, you know, making sure that everybody, people that look like us, you know, helping each other out, uh, putting people on, you know, um, moving people of color and, and the journalism forward and making sure that they have the right opportunities. Um, I thank you once again for being on here with me. Once again, Troy Halliburton, Locked On Wizards podcast. Uh, we are out. Bang. All right. Hey, peace. <laughs>